Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Country Heat Weekly ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. You've been doing this for a long time now. Huh? What's that you're saying? You've been doing this for a long time now. <laughs> so Speak up, little lady. <laughs> We had no idea Tim McGraw was this funny, y'all. Welcome to the season four premiere of Country Heat Weekly. This is the destination for country music fans all around the world. I'm Kelly Sutton, and I sure hope that you guys are prepared to laugh a lot. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I'm Amber Anderson, and if you're new around here, Kelly and I get to hang out here on Music Row with all of you to talk about all of the fun things happening in country music. We spill some tea, we dissect some news, and we keep you up to date on some of the other cool things happening across Amazon Music. And we get to shine our center stage spotlight on one star that we bring in for an in-depth conversation. And this week, it's Tim McGraw. What a great way to kick off this new season. So exciting. Tim's new album, Standing Room Only, came out last Friday. Now, I know he's been doing a lot of press. Mm -hmm. I listened to some of those interviews, and trust me, you guys have not heard Tim like this. He was on fire that (laughs) day when he was here. And we talked about all kinds of things, including what he and Faith do on their days off, how they've now adjusted to being empty nesters, why he picked Carly Pierce to go out on tour with him and his workout schedule. And we cannot forget, you pulled out that map. Oh, yeah. And gave him a little geography lesson. That's right. (laughs) If you are listening to us on an audio-only platform, you definitely need to check out the video on YouTube to get the full effect of Tim trying to explain to us exactly where Nashville, California, L.A., Tennessee is or isn't. That was that was fun. <laughs> we are so excited to be back talking to all of you. I feel like there are so many things we didn't get to chat about during the break. But, Kelly, I have to hear about what you did on Saturday night. You went to see Guns N' Roses. I was rocking out at Geonis <laughs> Park. It was so much fun. That's our soccer stadium here in Nashville. I did not picture you as a rocker chick. I know that you love... The 80s, all of that. I know you love yacht rock, but I didn't know that you love (laughs) rock rock. Well, let me just preface this by saying um, I had an incredible night. I love Guns N' Roses. I thought I was a very big Guns N' Roses fan. It turns out I am a medium Guns N' Roses (laughs) fan. They did three hours, and I knew seven of the songs. But I'm a huge Carrie Underwood fan, and she was opening for them. So I was there to support our girl. She was living out her rock star dreams. I'm sure. Let me tell you. And it's not just Carrie doing Carrie songs before opening for Guns N' Roses. It was Carrie doing cover songs. She did Alone from Heart. She did Motorhead, Ace of Spades. It was like, it was crazy. It was so much fun to watch her. And I've never seen her her more in her element, like headbanging, jumping around on stage, having the best time. She's just having fun with it. She really was. That's like less pressure. For sure. You know, you're just out there having fun. She was having a blast. Um, Then we had Guns N' Roses come out on stage, and then she joins them at the end. She did Paradise City with them, and she also did Sweet Child of Mine. So so it was amazing. It was a really good night. So before we roll our interview with Tim McGraw, we need to check in on a few things that are making news in our city around Nashville. So up next, check out What's Cooking in Music City. Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, 
or checking off your to-do list. Winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year, with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. I have been waiting for this moment, Kelly, because I have been dying to talk to you about the new Old Dominion song with Megan Maroney, Can't Break Up Now, and I knew we had to save it for the podcast. Yeah, we see each other and we're like, ah, don't talk about it until we're, <laughs> until we're rolling so that we can share it with everybody. For everyone who isn't aware, Amber and I are both huge Old Dominion fans, and this song did not disappoint. Matt and Trevor co-wrote this song years ago with Emily Wiseman and Topher Brown. They've been hanging on to it, just looking for the perfect female voice to sing on this song with them. And I've also heard that Emily sang on the demo with Matt, which, you know, is probably insane. Yeah. Because her voice is incredible. And she set the bar really high. We've sent text messages back and forth and had many conversations about maybe this person would be right. Maybe this person would be right. And, and we never could find something that we all were like, you know what, that's the right voice. And until Megan Maroney showed up and Tennessee Orange became a big hit and we all became fans along with the rest of the world and... Her voice is so honest and pure, and we thought, you know, maybe she would be interested in doing this song with us. And she was. <laughs> in fact, it's an Old Dominion song, but Megan leads off the vocals. And even though it's a band song, mm -hmm. it is structured like a very traditional male-female duet. Your friends are my friends. You We've got too much history. Can't Break Up Now will be on their upcoming Memory Lane album that comes out on October the 6th. The song has been doing big streaming numbers, yeah. which is awesome. So check it out on the Country Heat playlist on Amazon Music. And speaking of fun playlist, incoming Country Music Hall of Fame member Patty Loveless has a new exhibit called No Trouble with the Truth. It has an accompanying playlist that you can listen to and you can only get it on Amazon Music. The exhibit looks amazing. Mm -hmm. It covers Patty's entire career, which started at age 12. Right. Insane. I didn't know until I was reading up on the exhibit that two of her songs on her debut albums were one she wrote before she was 14. My kid is a slacker. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> she's not just she's kidding. So, Seriously, though, Patty was for sure a prodigy. The exhibit looks to be huge. Lots of instruments, posters, stage clothes, including the dress that she wore when she was inducted into the Grand Ole Opry. And I saw that Amy Lou Harris was there on opening night. Patty is just such a beloved member of the industry. If you check out the Rediscover Patty Loveless playlist on Amazon Music, you will see all of the people who she's collaborated with over the years, including Vince Gill, Alan Jackson, John Prine, Marty Stewart, and Carly Pierce. That's right. She's mm-hmm. on Dear Miss Loretta. That's right. Love that. The exhibit runs for another year, and Patty will officially be inducted into the Hall of Fame this October. I am adding that to our list of places that we need to take a field trip to. You have a list? I do. I started one when I heard about this next story. (laughs) Dolly Parton is launching a new fashion exhibit here in Nashville. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I'm in. So is this in conjunction with her book? Yeah. She's putting out the book called Behind the Seams with an M. Get it? Behind the Seams. She should be a songwriter. She's so smart. (laughs) My Life in Rhinestones. It chronicles her iconic fashion looks throughout the years. And because... We are blessed and highly favored. We are getting this exhibit right here in Nashville at Lipscomb University. And we're going to go. And it's going to be amazing. (laughs) If it's anything like the pop-up she did in Vegas during the ACM Awards, it will be amazing. You should have seen us in this place, you guys. Like, we couldn't grab stuff fast enough. We were taking pictures. We were were fangirling. That was so well done. Mm -hmm. So when are we going? Okay. So it opens on Halloween. It runs through December the 9th. So we need to pick a date soon because that's not a very long time. No. It's not. We okay. get that on there. Pulling mm-hmm. out the calendar as soon as we get out of the studio today. We need to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll bring you a conversation with Tim McGraw. You are not going to want to miss this. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tim McGraw has made it into the studio. Welcome to the Country Heat House. I made it. I just barely made it. <laughs> you got in here. I got in. Y'all let me in. I had to knock like three times and then kick once. You got like the handshake? this whole secret thing. Yeah, yeah they, uh, you got it down. Yeah, okay, in. so this was the home of hit songwriter Bob DiPiro, Love yeah. Monkey Studios. Were you ever in this when it was like a, a place where people were writing, people were recording demos and stuff? Do you remember? I'm sure back in the day, but I don't remember much from back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure I was, I, I've hit every building here at one point or another, yeah, on this, changed on these two streets. Yeah and, yeah, and I don't even recognize some of them anymore. I was going to say. I owned a couple of buildings when, after I had 
some success. We had publishing and all that stuff, and I couldn't tell you where they were now. Yeah, really? yeah, I couldn't tell you which one it was. I was going to ask what what do you think of Music Row and how it's changed? Like when you drive up and down the streets, I miss the way it used to be. You know, I miss how everybody used to hang out down here, and everybody used to you, you see everybody walking down the street. I mean, it, I'm sure it still happens. I'm pro- I'm not here as much as I used to be because that's it's hard to get me in faith <laughs> to leave the house when we're home. But um, I do miss coming down here and. You know, running into buddies all the time and what song did you write today? What song did you write today? You know, and all that kind of stuff. And it's being still sort of like old school. Maybe it feels like that to the to the younger artists and writers that still hang around here, but it doesn't feel like that to me. I guess I'm too, I mean, I've been here for 30-something years, so, you know, a lot changed. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're here to talk about your brand new album, Standing Room Only. You've been doing this for a long time now, so talk to us about— Huh? What's that you're saying? You've been doing this for a long time now. <laughs> so Speak talk- up, little lady. <laughs> <laughs> I love it already. Talk to us about how the album making process has changed or has stayed the same for you throughout the years. I don't think it's changed much for me. I still like doing it the old way. I mean, I like, you know, two or three weeks in the studio with the whole band and, you know, going in at, you know, 10 in the morning, stay until 10 at night. I like to start a little later and stay later, but sometimes it's hard to get, <laughs> hard to get Byron for one to oh. stay later and, and start or later. But, uh, Sometimes the musicians don't want to do that either because, you know, I, I'm, I'm a night owl. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, when, I'm a night owl when I'm working, not when I'm at home. When I'm at home, I'm, I'll go to bed at 7 o'clock. But when, <laughs> but when I'm working, I like I like to be in the studio at like 2 o'clock in the morning. That's but, when the magic happens. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like it, doing it the old way. I like the whole band in there and and just sort of creating. And, and you, you know, we you have the best musicians in the world and have the best songs from the best songwriters in the world. And Byron and I talk about it all the time, and the musicians like, we're doing the same thing we did in high school and college when we were jamming out in the garages, you know, with terrible equipment and terrible songs and terrible players and having a blast. But we're getting to do the same thing with all this great stuff. So to us, we're, we turn into kids again when we're in there. Okay, so 17th studio album. At this point, what drives you to keep doing this? I mean, there are a lot of people that are like, I don't want to work this hard anymore. I think I'm going to take some time <laughs> off. And well, I get that way. Do you? Yeah, okay. I get that way. Seventeen seems to me now that it's not that many. I, I, I would, in my mind, I feel like I've done more. Maybe it's all the greatest hits that <laughs> that, that other record company sets. put out. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me feel like there's 42 of them out right. there. But um, I, I think part of it is I enjoy my craft and I want to get better at it. And I always feel like I've left something on the table every time I've done a project. Mm. And I don't go back and listen to my music very often until I'm going in, into to record the next record. Then I'll go back and listen to the last record because I'll make mental notes of things after I've after we finish the record and I'm listen listen to it and I go, dang, I wish I'd have done this or I wish I'd have done that. So I always go back and listen and try to remember the notes in my mental notes that I'd made of how I want to improve mm-hmm. for the next record and try to carry that into the next record. And I think any artist will tell you this, but from my point of view, I always think my newest project is the best project I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And when I get to the point where I don't feel that way, it's probably time. That's the time mm-hmm. to say, you know what, I probably shouldn't make another record. Yeah. So I'm not going to I feel pretty good about this project. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a good way to, to measure it. Yeah, if you're not improving, you know, it's time to stop. I get that. There's I get such that. an athlete's mentality. When you're saying that, I'm like, that's the athlete's mentality of like, let, there's more on the table and I'm going to keep striving and I'm going to keep doing. I mean, I feel like you've always had that. 
Well, I was an I was an athlete yeah, growing exactly. up, and um, I still feel that way before every show. I feel like it's right before a football game, right before a basketball game. I still get that same sort of energy yeah. that I get doing that, and I re- and I approach everything that sort of with that mentality. You know, I love that. I'm the sports girl on the yeah. show, so <laughs> right on. You know, I love that. <laughs> Okay, so the title track was co-written by Craig Wiseman, mm-hmm. who we love. <laughs> um, he's created some big hits for you, Live Like You Were Dying, The Cowboy and Me. This is right in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Is there a favorite lyric of Standing Room Only that grabbed you? Well, there's a ton of them, but on nights like this, I catch a thunderbolt. And it just reminds me of being on stage live when you have a great night, when Everything sounds good. The audience is into it. The band sounds good. Your ears sound good. You feel like you're singing good. The energy's all there. And that's those nights that you live for as an artist. Because every night's not like that. Yeah. Some nights are a struggle. But but, but the nights that are that are magical are, are the ones that go, right, I can't wait for the next one of those. This song did the biggest first day streaming numbers of your career this far. Um, that's another way that the game really has changed yeah. over yeah. the years is how important the streaming numbers are. And, and I, in full disclosure, I don't understand that at all. <laughs> <laughs> like somebody comes in and they show you, you a you chart. You're like, old school, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Old, that old chart's way. going up. Yeah. That looks great. As long as it's moving forward, it's, I'm happy. It looks yeah. really yeah. good. Yeah. But what do you think that that really speaks to? Because not only is it um, your U.S. audience, it's your Canadian audience. It's your global mm-hmm. audience that's here. Well, you certainly music. reach more people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you reach more people. And the music that's not necessarily singles on radio reaches more people, right. which is always a really good thing. Because you all, I always think that sometimes the best music you put out never sees the light of day except yeah. for the people that buy the album. Yeah. But I always try to cut every song on my album to, could be the first single off anybody's record. And that's the way I approach recording an album. That I want every – when I turn in an album, I would want to say – I'm perfectly fine with any one of these being a single. And that's the way I approach it. I like that. So no filler. I try, not, I try not to put any filler in. That's why, yeah. I don't, that's why I don't record too many of my songs that I write. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got one on this, on this album. Yeah. But I always, when I start a project, I always have an idea of the subject matter I want to sing about and sonically what I want the record to sound like. So I sit down and start writing songs. And I'll write a, three or four songs. I'll think, well, these are, these are pretty good. These are it's pretty spot on of what I want to record. And then, sure enough, I'll get a Tom Douglas song or a Lauren McKenna song or a Warren Brothers song, and I'll go, and I'll go damn. <laughs> That's what I was trying to write, but it's way better. So there goes my song. It's off the table. But you know what? You hit on something that I think a lot of um, new people coming into Nashville, they learn over time, the best song wins. It's got to mm-hmm. win. I mean, the best song's got to win. Or, People can sing the phone book and have these great voices, but if you don't have a hit song, you don't have anything. The song always has to win, first and foremost. Okay. Are we ready to do our map now? Sure. You have a song. <laughs> Look, okay, I listened to this song, and I listened to it twice, and I was like, I love this song. However, Nashville, California, L.A., Tennessee. <laughs> Here's our map, Tim. Where would it be? Yes. Could you explain to us the geography? <laughs> Uh, it's Nashville, metaphorical. California. It's metaphorical. There's, there, there, you can't, LA, it's, it's there. <laughs> but where would the Grand Canyon be? That's exactly, exactly right. See? That's exactly right. <laughs> see? That's what I said. That's why you can't have it literally show up anywhere because then it screws the whole map up and it screws all the landmarks up and nobody knows where the hell they're at. It's fine. Yeah. When I, I was listening song. to this, I immediately I was like, who is singing this with him? I know. First guess. I thought it was fake, uh, <laughs> but it's Lori. It's Lori, yeah. and because her and I and Bob Minner, who's 
been my acoustic player for, gosh, 31 years now. Mm-hmm. The three of us wrote it together. And it came out of a story, um, I think 2018 is when we started that. I loaded up my old Cadillac Escalade that I've had for, gosh, 18, 19 years. And I can't get rid of it because it, the kids grew up in it. And yeah. I remember haul, hauling cheerleaders to football games and going to softball games, going to basketball games and all that stuff. So I can't get rid of it. And so my daughter, my oldest daughter, Grace, was moving to L.A. So I took all the seats out of it and loaded all of her stuff in it. And we took a road trip to L.A. together. And um, we stayed at some great places, had some great dinners. We did carpool karaoke the whole time, <laughs> which was tough with her because she's a fantastic she's singer. incredible. All your kids are really yeah, talented. Yeah, they are good singers. Gosh. So having to sing with her with the radio along, and some of her songs that she wanted to sing, I'm like, I can't keep up with this. <laughs> so we got to, to L.A., and I'm unloading all of her stuff in her place, and, and I'm lingering, you know, as dads will do. I'm lingering. I'm unpacking boxes. I'm starting to get verklempt here. But I, I'm trying to stay around and stick around. She's like, Dad, you can go now. I'm like, well— let me let me help unpack. She goes, no, I got it. You, you can go now because we just spent four days traveling together. So she was ready to get rid of me. And so finally she come over and put her sho- hands on my shoulders and said, Dad, it's time for you to go. Uh, stop. I know. <laughs> and she, she gave me this big hug and I sort of fell apart and went back to the hotel, cried myself to sleep. Mm. Woke up the next morning, was deadheading back home in my car or the truck, the old Cadillac. And I called Bob, my acoustic player. So we were talking about how your life changes and talking about Gracie and talking about the road trip and everything. So that song was born out of that road trip with me and my daughter. I mean, it's not on the nose, but yeah. there are a lot of references to, you know, I just know I'd move this mountain for you, every grain of desert sand and, and all that kind of stuff. No places cowboy heart won't go, you know. And it's funny when our kids come home now, like my middle daughter turns 25 this weekend and my oldest is 26, my youngest is 21. And even when they come home now, they... They all turn back into high school. So <laughs> yeah. like, even though they're out in the world, conquering the world, doing their stuff and being professional and doing all that stuff, when they come home, it's right back to, to high school days. Dad, can you do this? Mm-hmm. Mom, can you do this? We love it. I mean, but we also love our time alone. So, <laughs> you know, the first six months when everybody was out of the house, it was really sad. Yeah. You know, it's hard on mom because yeah, mom usually yeah. does all the work and yeah. all the scheduling and, and, you know, it keeps everything together. So when the kids are gone, she's like, what do I do? What do I do? But now, and after, after six months, we were like, you know, this is pretty nice. You got the whole house to ourselves. You know, we can light some candles, turn some music on, yeah. you know, have a little fun. And we realized, <laughs> you know, we got married, and I won't do the math, but we soon after we, <laughs> we, <laughs> we had our first kid. And so we, we never really had a lot of alone right. time because we, we dated for a short period of time. We got married. Yeah. We had a kid. And now we, we enjoy our time alone. Now when they come home, we love having them home. But after about a week, we're like, you know, it's, it's a— Now you're putting <laughs> your hands on their shoulders and being like, it's, it's time it's to go. It's time to go, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> Mom and Dad need some candlelight time. It's time to leave. <laughs> it's time to leave. It's time to leave. Well, speaking of your lovely wife, we haven't had new music from her know, right? in far too long. So what's she doing these days? Being an empty nester. She's being mom still, you know, still yeah. organizing and, and st- or keep organizing my life as well and, and keeping the kids organized. Um, she's, she's getting the itch, I think. Good. To record some we more like music. To hear that. Uh, yeah, because I think, in my opinion, and I'm a little bit biased, but 
I think she's one of the greatest singers in the world. So she's incredible. So I'd yeah. love to hear some more music from her. So every time I hear a song, I'm like, yeah, this would be pretty good for you to go cut. Tell us what a day off is like around the house. Like, what are you guys doing? If you're if you're not doing all the things that you do, which I know it's 100 miles an hour all the time for you, what do you guys do to relax? What do you do to hang out? We're like big. We love it in the wintertime so we can light the fireplace yeah. and just crash on the couch and binge watch. So we binge watch a lot of TV when we're we're hanging around and just order some food and 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 when I'm working there's always like one weekend out of the month that I I gotta have I gotta have Southern food and mm-hmm. so Faye's a great cook so she'll make collard greens and cornbread and peas and and pot roast or fried chicken so we'll have a big Southern meal like once a month when I'm okay. and it's usually when I like I had a show on Saturday night I'll get in at like three in the morning. And I'll wake up at like one, and then there's big southern meals uh, uh, ready for me. That's the life. Yeah. There's nothing better, especially yeah, after gosh. you've just burned all those calories. Do you have any idea how many calories you burn on a night when Ooh. you're running around stage? Some nights more than others. <laughs> Depends <laughs> on the night. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have any idea how many calories I burn, but it's a pretty – when we're tour, when we're proper touring, mm-hmm. it's a long day because we work, we work out like three workouts a day. Well, I do. The band sticks around for most of it, and you start seeing them peeling off like flies. When I'm looking the other way, I can see them sneaking off. We've heard off. about this, yeah. by the way. But you flip tires and yeah. stuff, Tim. This is not like normal push-ups. <laughs> well, we, we also found out that if we don't do that, if we don't—and it's also—it's sort of a great bonding experience for all That's of us true. as well. And especially when the, the, the opening acts are out there with us. Russell yes. Dickerson. Yeah. Saying, we have talked on this podcast about some supporting acts and— how they have participated in your work. Yes, yeah. or tried to. <laughs> they hung with you as long as they could. <laughs> for, for a while, yeah. And then, you know, I got a radio thing I got to go do. Mm-hmm. Sure you do. Mm-hmm. Sure you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's, and, then, and then with the band and I, it's a, it's a good opportunity. We talk about the show. We talk about things we want to improve. And then we also talk about personal stuff, too, which is, which is really good for us to be able to, because we're all great friends. Mm-hmm. So it's a good opportunity for us to sort of hit our release valve a little bit, too. Okay, I'm going to go back to the album. Oh, there, yeah. We're, We're going yeah, to talk about that. Yeah. The album. I forgot about that. Some songs change your world. I love this song. Oh, thank you. It's an anthem on the power of music. And you've recorded some of those songs in your career. So what songs have left the biggest mark on your life, would you say? Mm. Well, i got to start with It's Your Love. Because it's the first song Faith and I had done together. And then when we shot the video, she was pregnant with Gracie. And if you look closely... When we shot the video, she was craving milkshakes the entire time, and she had this satin dress on, and she wanted a milkshake. And she got was drinking the milkshake right before take, and she dropped a big old <laughs> splotch of milkshake on this silk dress. So if you look really closely in a few of the shots in, in It's Your Love, you'll see a big milkshake oh, stain so on her dress. So right it wasn't a barbecue stain. It wasn't a barbecue stain on the white T-shirt. It was a milkshake stain. Okay. Yeah. okay. But, uh, I, you know, gosh, I, I always have to th- throw Live Like You Were Dying in there. That's just mm. one of those songs that, that just I I feel like I'm, gosh, I'm lucky enough to have been the artist to record that. I think anybody that recorded that song would have had a massive hit with it just because of how great the song is. You've announced the Standing Room Only Tour for next spring. Mm-hmm. So you're getting ready. I want to ask the same thing we talked about earlier in recording. How do you get ready for a tour like this? You've done so many of them. Is it different now that you're going out on tour in 2024, or do you still get ready the same way? I get ready the same way. The hardest part always is putting a set list together. I was going to ask. Because (laughs) you're you're always going to disappoint somebody because you, you only have a limited amount of time. What you get, what, 22 maybe songs in a set when you're doing them with all the stuff in between. 
you can't get all of them in, and and you want to get some new music in. Right. And, then mm-hmm. I, and there's covers that I like to do. So what we try to do is create a mood. And there's cer- certain songs that are always going to be in there. You know, live like you're dying. We're not going to get get away with not being being in the set. They're not yeah. leaving till you play no. that. Yeah, too. I mean, I get. I'll get stuff really thrown at me. Right, like, yeah. Talking, think about stuff being thrown at people now. If I didn't do Live Like You Were Done, I'd probably get hit pretty hard by something. But, um, yeah, that's one of them. And, but that's that's the hardest process is putting together what songs are going to be in the show, what songs we're going to leave out. We know we're going to disappoint. You know, you, you, you'll hear, please play this or please play that, and you'll, you'll know you're like, gosh, I know we're not playing that. <laughs> yeah. You'll see signs held up, play this, play that. I'm like, you're gosh. Like, the show's pretty set, and if I threw a curveball at the band, they would be chewing me out in the dressing room afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> the lighting guy would go, we don't have something set for that. We, uh, so you're taking out Carly Pierce mm-hmm. on this tour. Do you know her? Have I've you guys met her briefly a few times, and I know her music, of course. I think she's a great artist, and she's really killing it. Her new song with Chris Stapleton is it's so fantastic, good. so good. So I'm looking forward to that. I think it'll be a great show. Hopefully she's looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, she's sure so she excited. She is. What was it like when you start finding people that you want to tour with you? Because it's it's not enough that you like their music, but you also have to think about how is that going to fit with the crowd that you're bringing because you know what your fans are going to like. Mm-hmm. And I think she's the perfect fit. But how much of that are you thinking about when you're figuring out the tour? I, I think about all of it. You yeah. know, sometimes I, I, I don't worry about how much success they've had. I just like their music and it fits. And then so, sometimes that both of those things come together at the same time, which is the same with Carly. It just came together at the same time. She was perfect for the slot, and she had so much success, so it all worked out really great. Um, mainly, it's just about putting on the best show that you can put on and having the best people out there that you can have because, you know, we like to think that we've got a great crew that's willing to help anybody, and we want to we want to feel like we got people that come out there that feel the same way we do about how you do that and how you handle that and how you treat people. She's a good one. She is she a really gem. Is. She's a gem. You've really embraced social media, including TikTok, in a way that a lot of artists from your generation haven't. So talk to us about how you're using social media to connect with your fans. <laughs> I have to be honest. I don't know that much about social media. <laughs> So I have a great team of people around me who says, you know, you should really do this, or yeah. you should really do that, or you shouldn't do that, or <laughs> don't say that. My wife won't let me have a Twitter. Well, nobody that works for me and my wife won't let me have a Twitter account. They won't let me do my own post. I have to send a post through. If I want to do something, I have to send it through somebody, and and I'll get back. Mm, you probably shouldn't say that. Or that's all right. That's veiled enough that you can get. <laughs> 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 you know, management, yeah. management speed, yeah, yeah. yeah. management speed, which I, I probably need a lot of management because sometimes I can get out over my skis. <laughs> okay, so one more thing we'd love to get your perspective on before we move on to burning questions. There are some fans who are very protective, and they say that some songs should never be covered, and some are up in arms about Brett Young re-recording Don't Take the Girl. So, have you heard his version? What are your thoughts? I did hear it, and Dan Huff's a good friend of mine who produced that, and he sent it to me when they finished it. I thought he did a great job on it. He sang it better than I did. (laughs) He's a great singer. Yeah. Um, I I thought he did a great job on it, and and I feel honored that somebody would want to do that. Yeah, and I wish him all the luck in the world with it. Okay, everyone who does our podcast gets put through the fire, has to answer our burning questions. They're rapid fire. So, here we go. (laughs) As a sports lover on the show— I have to ask, how many times do you guesstimate that you have heard I Like It, I Love It played 
in Bridgestone Arena or that it's been played. <laughs> wow. How many times how do you think how it's, many been times played? it's been played? Whew, I don't know, a couple hundred? It's got to be thousands, right? Is it thousands? Because it's goal, been a while. Every yeah. goal for 20 years. Every goal for 20 years. Well, hopefully they score more than a couple <laughs> hundred. I mean, they, they've been pretty good for a while. So. And I have to say, I love the video. My favorite part of the video is when you take the catfish and swing it over your head. <laughs> I wait for that every time. They, they have me do so some silly good. stuff. It's so fun. It's so good. At the time, okay, this is a sidebar. Was there any reservation where you like, I don't know, this feels a little silly. Maybe oh, I shouldn't do it. And doing the videos? Yeah. Oh, every time. <laughs> really? Oh, every time I'm thinking, I shouldn't do this. And then I just do it anyway. But it's yeah. so good. I, I, have, I, have to consider, it. I have to consider what the moment's going to be. When the video is being played, yeah. instead of, you know, you can't be too cool all the time. Yeah. It's, the, it's yeah. perfect. It's, it's great. Okay. Coolest place you've ever landed an airplane? The Bahamas. Seaplane. Yeah. Oh, on the water. Yeah, on the water. Yeah, that's that's been the most fun. Yeah. That's awesome. And taking off, yeah, on the water. Oh my gosh, that would, I would be terrified. Last concert you went to as a fan? Mm, Taylor Swift, when she was in Nashville. Yeah. What night were you there? Uh, the night it didn't rain. Friday or Saturday? The, I guess it was the Friday. Oh, I was there Friday. Yeah. It's a good show. Maybe it was a Friday. Yeah. It was a great, great show. She puts, she's so talented. And she just, since, I mean, when she was opening for Faith and I, I mean, it, we knew that we knew there was no stopping her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that you might be one of the only artists left, one of the few artists left that doesn't have a bar on Broadway. Have you thought about it? Maybe um, like a cozy little place called Soul to Soul or something. Uh, it's been out there and offered quite a few times. I just don't think that's my vibe. Yeah. Yet. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's my I don't think that's my jam. Yeah. <laughs> strangest place you had to perform back in the day. Oh, uh, strangest place. Oh, there's been a lot of them. There was a, a a place, oh gosh, I'm gonna forget the name of it now. Po Boy Dons. And uh it was in Toledo, Louisiana. And it was in the middle of a swamp and cotton fields and bean fields. And every Thursday night, they would sit in the back and all these old guys would jam on music. And so I would take a bunch of my fraternity brothers and they'd have a big crawfish bowl. And they'd give us free beer and free crawfish if I would play. So I would sit in the back in this little shack, of, of really a shack, which is full of people that was just just locals. And we'd sit, I'd sit back over these old guys and just do Merle Haggard stuff and Glenn Campbell stuff and Johnny Cash stuff and just do all the old stuff. And we'd play for hours and hours and hours. Now, see, that, that kind like of bar, you be. should, that's what you should open. I know, right? And we actually, and it wasn't really a bar. It was really like a little convenience store where they would dress out people's deer. And yeah, they would do yeah, all the kinds whole of thing. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. And, um, but it, it was a lot of fun. In fact, we went back when we did uh, Down on the Farm, we shot the video there Aww. at that little, that little place. And I sent him a plaque, and he's since passed on. But my first demo when... I had any money. I was in Nashville, and I found three songs. I needed to do a demo to get try to shop to get a record deal. And I called Don, who was a farmer as well, and he loaned me $3,000 to do my demo. And that's how I got my record deal. Oh, yeah. that's amazing story. Yeah. That is incredible. It only takes one person to really yeah, believe in you like absolutely. that. Absolutely. He, he was there for me. We've got one last question. Once upon a time, you said you might run for governor, but if you were, were to run for president, who would your country music running mate be? My wife. <laughs> yeah, then, then, we would, then we would know who the real president was. Could you Although I think she would make a great president. The fashion would be so good. So <laughs> good. We would, it would just be so on point. Oh so stylish. She, she would be nailing it. I sure. love all of that. All right. The new album is Standing Room Only, everybody. Make sure that you stream it over and over and over on Amazon over Music. Over and over again. <laughs> 
The 30 city tour gets started in March. 30 cities. That's a long time to. It gets underway in March. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Okay. Oh, I like that. That's I a like tease. To stay tuned. We That's like a it. tease. Tim, thank you so much for coming thank in. Thank you, guys. Enjoy. Wonderful it. having you. That was absolutely the most fun I have ever had with Tim McGraw ever. I mean, he was incredible. Was that the first time you've ever met him? Yes. Oh. And I mean, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, it's like Tim McGraw. He is iconic. Right. He is Tim McGraw. And he was so much fun. He was super loose, having a good time, chatting, mm-hmm. laughing. I loved it all. And the best thing is, guys, is we're just getting started with this new season. We've got episodes lined up with Brothers Osborne, Dan and Shay, a young band called Restless Road. So make sure you find and follow Country Heat Weekly on Amazon Music, the Wondery app, Audible, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, we're basically everywhere. And there are a bunch of special events that are happening here in Nashville over the next couple of weeks. We, of course, are in the heart of CMA Awards voting, so everybody is having parties right now to remind us how wonderful their artists are. We've got a Luke Bryan number one party, an Ashley McBride album release party, and I know you just went to a Jordan Davis number one party, right? Yes, for Next Thing You Know. Mm -hmm. He keeps cranking out those number ones. I know. So good. (laughs) It's going to be a busy few weeks, so make sure you're following us on Instagram to keep up with all the fun. I'm Hey, it's Amber A. And I'm the Kelly Sutton. Our next episode of Country Heat Weekly is coming to you on September 14th with Brothers Osborne. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Country Heat Weekly ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at listenerstudy.com. Behind every successful business is a story, and some of them might surprise you. Like how Chobani's first yogurt factory was discovered on a piece of junk mail, or how the founder of the multi-million dollar cosmetics brand Drunk Elephant was told by everyone, including her own mother, that the name sounded like a dive bar. I'm Guy Raz, and on my show How I Built This, I talk to founders behind the world's biggest companies and brands to learn the real stories of how they built them. In each episode, you'll hear entrepreneurs share moments of doubt and failure and talk about how they were able to overcome them on their way to the top. How I Built This is like a masterclass in innovation and creativity, a how-to guide for navigating life's challenges from the people who've done it all. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.